Well, good morning and welcome to what is our last week in our series at looking at our series topic, which is called Known, uh, where we've been looking about how God knows us, how we're made for connection and relationships, how our relationships can be deepened and be full of meaning, and how when we are in relationship with one another, with our God, our Saviour, and with our fellow brothers and sisters in Christ, we want to share that wonderful news that we have of God knowing us, of other people knowing us, of being known. And today that's what we're going to explore. See, as believers, we have, we have freely received grace. We've freely received mercy and we've freely received redemption. And we should be freely giving it out, giving it away to others because that's who we are. We share the kingdom of God with others around us. It's it's what we do. It's who we are. We are kingdom-sharing people. So we're going to just jump into the Bible straight away for the first first section. Um, Find out how this meaning of connection as a believer, connection with God as a believer, helps us to share our faith and how important it is. So we're going to go to Ephesians chapter 2, verse 19, and it says this. So now you Gentiles, so, this is, so you're speaking to the church at Ephesus, uh, and it's full of Gentiles as well as, as other Jewish believers. So now you Gentiles are no longer strangers and foreigners, You are citizens along with all of God's holy people. You are his members of God's family. Together we are his house, built on the foundation of the apostle and the prophets and the cornerstone of Christ Jesus himself. We are carefully joined together in him because in him becoming a holy temple for the Lord. Through him, you Gentiles are also being made part of this dwelling where God lives by his spirit. See, this passage, you could almost think it's, it's almost the same passage that we had last week in 1 Peter. It is so similar about Christ being the cornerstone and being the foundation of, of what we have, but it ex- opens up a little bit more. This is a part the Apostle Paul speaking to the church at Ephesus, and it, it gives us an idea that... That is, when we come into faith in Christ, we are no longer foreigners or strangers. In other words, we're not unknown. We're not far away. We're not separated. We're not unloved. We are cared for. We are together. We are are fully known. We are part of something bigger than ourselves. See, we are fully known by God. We are fully immersed in the faith and family of Christ Jesus here as a church. Let me say that part again. In Christ, you are fully known and you are fully immersed in the family of faith. In Christ, you are fully known and fully immersed in the family of faith. Paul says it perfectly. He says, you are citizens with God's people, members of this household. And see, citizenship comes with responsibility. Citizenship comes with with depth of meaning. 
And it comes because a price has been paid, which is Christ's price. We are citizens because of what Jesus has done for us. We are citizens that spread the good news. We are citizens that look after and care for one another. So what a wonderful thought that we have, that we are fellow citizens in God's kingdom. It's not based on our heritage, our belief, our lineage of our bloodline or anything like that. It's not based on what we do. It's based entirely upon Jesus and what he's done for the whole world. This means that we are not unwanted because we are citizens. This means that we are not alone, that we are not unloved, that we are actually wanted and we are together and we are loved. We're not striving for for the things that make us known because God has already done it. We're not striving to be a part of the kingdom because God has already paid the entrance price. God has done it for us all. Now, how many of you have ever used a search engine? I think, I think a few people, yeah? Typed in a question into Google. Google's probably the most popular search engine around there. Um, and I, I love how we now have such a breadth of information available at our fingertips. And so, you know, you type in this question and it pops this long list of possible answers to the question you have. The, the tricky thing is to actually know what is true and what is not true, what is worthwhile, what is important. So I thought I'd type in the question, how to be known, since this is what our series is all about, how to be known. And Google popped up a huge amount of answers, lots and lots. But all the answers revolved around how to become famous, how to become popular, how to become a social media celebrity influencer, how to be famous on the internet. And so I went, okay, so what does this mean for us? If we want to be known and famous on the internet, what are some of the things that it says for us to do? And here is a list of a couple of the things from one of the articles on how to be known on the internet or social media. And the first point is be on all of the social platforms. In other words, if you want to be known, you have to be involved. It's actually not, you know, too far-fetched or anything like that. You need to then post on other people's websites. You've got to put information in, put yourself out there, get involved with things. You've got to have great content. You can't just have wishy-washy stuff. You've got to have great content. You've got to communicate with those who follow you. So when, when people start following you and liking you, you've got to start communicating with them. And I love this one. You've got to understand what your fans like and then give more of the same. So none of those pander to the people that are liking you and following you. Track how you're going. Make sure the numbers are stacking up for everything and then keep on doing it. Rinse and repeat. 
rinse and repeat. Do it again and again and again. See, this is how you become famous in social media and on the internet, um, but that's not how you become known by God. It's not how you become known within the kingdom of God. That's not, it's such a difference. Now, Revelation chapter 3, verse 20 says this. Look, I stand at the door and knock. If you hear my voice and open the door, I will come in and we will share a meal together as friends. See, this is a statement about being known. It's not about us striving and it's not about us trying to put out popular posts or great content or following other people or responding back and doing it time and time again. God is standing there and knocking at the door of your brain, at the door of your heart, saying, let me in. I know who you are. Open the door to your heart and mind so that you can have the greatest connection, the greatest love that the world has known as part of your life. Because it's not about performance. It's not about striving to be known. God is there knocking. It's up to us to open the door, though. It's open to us to let God in, to let that relationship happen. And see, if that's the case, wouldn't we want to share it with people? If we let God into our lives, shouldn't we share it? Wouldn't we want to share it? Because sharing the kingdom is what we do. It's who we are. So Jesus gave us this, this great visual imagery of what it means to share the kingdom. In Matthew chapter 22, which was beautifully read for us just a moment ago, and we'll just delve back into it. Chapter 2 has this parable, the parable of the wedding banquet. It says this, and I love how it starts. Jesus also told them other parables. He said, the kingdom of heaven can be illustrated by a story of a king who were invited. The kingdom of heaven can be illustrated by the story of a king who prepared a great wedding feast for his son. So this this is the thing. It's an illustration to help us understand the process of invitation, the process of opening up. See, when the banquet was ready, he said he sent his servants to notify those who were invited, but they all refused to come. So there's an invitation, come and be a part of this feast. It is prepped, it is ready, everything's ready for us. All you've got to do is come along. Just like in Revelation, I knock at the door, all you do is open up. There is a wedding banquet for you. Come and be involved. But what do they do? They refuse. So he sends other servants to tell them the feast has been prepared. The bulls and the fattened calf have been killed and everyone, everything is ready. Come to the banquet. But the guests he had invited ignored them and went on their own way, one to his farm, another to his business. Others seized his messengers and insulted them and killed them. And the king was furious with this. He sent out his army to destroy the murderers and burn their towns. 
And then he said to his servants, and I love this, because if people are refusing to come in, those who are initially invited, what does the king do? Since they're dejected, grumpy because people aren't there, God wants everybody to be involved. Wants everybody have this relationship, this connection. Wants everybody to know that they are known. And he said to his servants, the wedding feast is ready and the guests I've invited are worthy of the honour. Now go into the street corners, invite everyone you see. So the servants brought in everyone they could find, good and bad alike, and the banquet hall was filled with guests. But when the king came to meet the guests, he noticed a man who wasn't wearing the proper clothes for a wedding. Friend, he asked, how is it that you were here without wedding clothes? But the man had no reply. It's, it's interesting because you yeah, think about this passage and a lot of people focus on this, but we need to be prepared for ourselves. We need to be prepared. When you're invited to a, a, a dinner, a banquet, a wedding banquet, wouldn't you, even if you weren't like um, completely, you know, you've got your invitation, you've organised early clothes, but you can't come along and be there, it's actually about then changing your personality, changing who you are, putting on your clothes to come to that banquet. Even if you're a last-minute invitation, that would be something you would do. Then the king said to his aides, bind his hands, his feet, throw him into the outer darkness, where there'll be weeping and gnashing of teeth, for many are called, but few are chosen. So even if you're there, you've got to put all of your heart, all your soul into what this means for us to be known by God. See, right at that beginning of that passage, the very parable, Jesus is saying, the kingdom of heaven is like a king who prepared a wedding banquet for his son. The original invitation is rejected. The king eventually, you know, instructs the servants to go and invite everyone to find that they can find into the banquet. It's interesting, that, I, and I think this is really interesting for us, because the beginning of that parable, Jesus says the banquet is ready. It's already prepared. It's literally on the table, ready to go. Let me ask this, this question. Have you ever cooked a meal and then set it on, ta- on the table? Your family's busy doing everything else on their room. You call them to come to dinner and people just continue on doing what they're doing? Have you ever had that happen? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's annoying, isn't it? It's it's terrible, it's annoying because you go, I've spent all this time, all this energy, I put all this effort into preparing this food and my family's just taking it for granted. Ignoring what's going on. Because what's in front of them is so much more important. Although I think it is. Have you ever taken the opportunity to go out into the road outside your house and then go grab somebody as they're walking by and go, I've got dinner prepared. Would you like to have dinner with me? I don't think we've ever gone to that stage. Has anybody gone to that stage? I can't see any hands up at the moment. We probably haven't gotten to that stage. I know we haven't in our household. Although there have been times that, you know, one of the things is you've got to say grace if you're the last one to the table. So that's one of our little things. So if, you, if you're not there, up, I'm, I'm tight. You're, you're doing grace for the meal. But we know that the parable is not speaking about food. The parable is not speaking about how we prepare meals and whether you're ready or not for the meals. 
The parable's talking about the kingdom of God and everyone's invited. But some ignore the initial invitation. Others are oblivious and people come to them to tell them about that this banquet is on and they are invited in and then still those that come in and look around aren't prepared for what there is. But the point is the invitation was given out and continued to give out and give out. It's not us that needs to worry about whether the individual makes their decision. It's important for us to make the invitation to share the kingdom of God with others. This is about knowing that you are loved. This is about God knowing you. It's a challenge for us to think beyond ourselves. See, 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 often we think in this parable that we have that we're the guests. We're the servants. We're the ones that by the invitation come in. It changes it when we start thinking it that way. We are the servant. We're the servant of God. We're the servant of Christ. For those who are great will humble themselves and be a servant. Once you accept that invitation, you are in the servant of Christ. Go out and create an invitation for others to come back in. So the thing is, Jesus is growing the church. Jesus is building the kingdom. We're the servants and we go and do what we're asked to do, which is invite people. I know this can be tough, I know it can be tiring and we can often think that our invitation falls on deaf ears. But I want to encourage you that God is with you in this. God is guiding you and God is helping you. See, in Galatians chapter 6, verse 9, it says this. So now let's not get tired of doing what is good. At the right time we'll reap a harvest of blessing if we don't give up. Therefore, Whenever we have the opportunity, we should do good to everyone, especially to those in the family of faith. Here's the encouragement for us, that we should continue on doing what we should be doing, which is sharing the good news of Jesus Christ, sharing the fact that we are known and that other people can know who Jesus Christ is in the same way that we do. Let's not get tired of sharing the good news that God loves you, loves you more than you can ever imagine. God has redeemed you and reconciled you through what Jesus has done. So let's accept Jesus into our lives. Let's open that door. Let Jesus in. And once that happens, let's share that with the world around us. So let's just pray together. And Lord God, we just ask that in this time, let us not forget who we are. Let us not forget that you have created us in your image. Men and women of all nations, 
And Lord, we can come to you because of what Jesus has done in our lives. Lord, I just ask that you will guide us, that you will lead us, that you'll give us hope, that you'll give us joy. Lord, I just pray that if anybody is, is wanting to know more deeply who Jesus is in their lives, that you just put your hand up, that you just say yes to Jesus. You just open that door and just say, God, come in. Come into my life. I want to be known. Lord, I just pray this in the power of Jesus' name. Amen.